Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. Uh, I am back, and I'm Brandon, and Paul is also back. Yo, yo, what's up, people? It's been a long time. If you guys have been with us for a while, we had life issues going on, uh, work. We're, we're busy, so I appreciate you guys. Yeah, if you guys life back. issue is called overtime, yeah. Hey, <laughs> listen, no, it's just life, hey, life issues and work, okay, whatever. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate all you guys. Thank you for joining us for being part of the crew, and uh, let's get it. Let's go. And Dan, you're here. Yeah, you're back as well, yeah? Yeah, I, b- I believe so. I don't plan on taking any time off yet, so even with all the overtime. Yeah, it is, it's wild. We've actually been gone for from the podcast for so long that the characters in the show physically aged in our absence. <laughs> <this episode. laughs> By a good 50 years. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how long, long it's been, been huh? We they aged a year, year for every day? Yeah, in, in the episode for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. A wild show. They well, just, what a coincidence. They, they we take a long time and they get doing. old, see? Yeah. They need this. Which actually leads us to the episode, which is season two, episode 12, The Deadly Years, uh, original air date, December 8th, 1967. Uh, Twitter at WWST underscore podcast. I keep forgetting I want to throw that in the the beginning. So there it is. Twitter. Yep. And uh, we're going to start. We have a landing party consisting of Kirk and Spock, McCoy, uh, Scotty, Chekhov, and an unnamed yeoman who we later find out is named, uh, I forget, it's in my notes, crap, Gil, Gil something, Gilway, something, you, something you do names, I never remember anybody's names. I, I had it like five seconds ago and I forgot, it's in my notes, we'll get to it. Um, yeah, they, they've been to the surface of a planet and they're doing an annual checkup for a scientific expedition, which is really nice and consistent because that's what they were doing uh, in the Salt Vampire episode as well. Like just doing just kind of a routine checkup. Yeah, we know it's a lot to do that on planet to planet. Just go around, just check on them, see how they're doing. As soon as they're like, as soon as their actual job, right? Go space station yeah. to space station, science space station, just to check on them and then go around or travel around and just meet new people. Like, what exactly is their like mission, like objectives? Do, do we ever know that? Uh, well, I think right now they're just basically traveling around and meeting new life and like you know just basically adding to their encyclopedia of space knowledge but also since they have these expeditions and these colonies out here they are required those colonies and expeditions are required to get checkups every so often so since the enterprise is in the area i assume that they're the ones that would be assigned to that they're they're, they're kind of like meals on wheels but with checkups <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they see if they need any more salt or if anybody's you know had the life sucked out of them the usual you know yeah or well, really it old. seems like all, there's all kinds of crazy shit in space so well, we yeah. learned that over the episode. We learned that though. We've enjoyed godlike creatures and 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 creatures that just don't seem like themselves, and different planets and um, acid planets, Actually, monsters. Every it's time co- they do a checkup, something goes wrong. So maybe they should just stop, stop doing checkups. <laughs> yeah, just, just no, maybe we we don't we only see the bad checkups that makes the episodes. We don't see the good episodes. It'd be boring. Yeah, the, the episode. Oh, it's good. See you later, later, Kurt. See you next time. Like the most boring episode yeah. where everything is fine and nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. Nothing happens, just going there, just hanging out and just chilling in a nice time. Yeah. You ever wonder at, at any point, they're like, you know what? The universe tries to keep killing us. Maybe we shouldn't be exploring. And just, yeah, may, it should stay on our rock. Just, yeah, go back. Everybody just go back to Earth and just condense and like build a wall around Earth and just not let <laughs> anything else in. Like, you haven't seen the shit that we've seen out there. You don't want to go out there. You don't want to go out there, people. <laughs> yeah. God, all the shit that they have seen must make them feel really like small and powerless in the universe. Just regular ass humans when all this other stuff keeps happening. Unless you're Superman Kurt, when you don't feel like nothing bothers you. You know, godlike creatures, yeah. monsters, whatever it is, aging. You know, nothing can stop yeah. you, Kurt. 
Not even Father Time. Father Time even, but you know what? Kurt is is Chuck Norris. That's what it is now. Time. I realize it's it original is. Chuck Norris. Kurt is original Chuck Norris. That's what it is, people. Like nothing stops Kurt. Not even Father Time. I mean, if he doesn't do a roundhouse kick in this series, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> really, Kurt is Chuck Norris. He just he's undefeated. All right, so. Uh, Despite their scheduled arrival on this planet, nobody's there to greet them, and uh, they don't know why. Kirk says that he had a subspace contact with the leader of the expedition, whose name is Robert Johnson, which is, like, the most boring-ass name we've had so far. Yeah. And uh, he talked to this guy not even an hour ago. And he says that Johnson didn't report anything wrong, but the conversation was kind of disjointed, and Johnson's thoughts were a little bit foggy. Well, well, Johnson was a little upset. Kirk just hung up on him, though. So he's like, you know what? Fuck him. I'm going to make him wait. Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, roll out the red carpet for this asshole. Uh, They break into little teams and they start looking around and it takes all of like five seconds before Chekhov wanders into a building and he finds a dead body and just starts freaking the fuck out because apparently he's never seen a dead body before. Oh, I wrote the note down too, bro. I swear to God. I wrote Chekhov. You never seen a dead body? Like, really? Your reaction was like like a scary looking body, but it was it was his reaction so over the top. I just I found it really done really quick. I was like, um, yeah. You see enough dead bodies, bro. Like this shit. Like, oh, that cat, there's a dead body in here. Like this should have been. At this point, nobody. he's caused enough dead bodies. <laughs> yes. like, that's what I'm saying. You just seen it, alien it, well, space monsters. We just never think you seen on planet Earth. All the guys you see out there on space, and you see a dead body. Like, oh, there's a dead body out there. Like, come on, bro. And, and this is the first time. There, but uh, but he, he's from Russia, so I'm sure he's seen a dead body somewhere. <laughs> he's seen a few. Yeah. This, this is the first time I immediately thought, "Yo, Brandon hates this guy," and I now at this moment I, I know <laughs> why. Like at this exact moment, I was like, "Yo, I get why Brandon liked this guy." Like I, I hate this guy right now. Like, you know, what's I just funny so, is throughout the course of this episode, I was like, "Maybe he's not so bad." Yo, I started out with this. Yeah, I started out getting annoyed. Yeah, really weird reaction. Maybe he he was freaked out because it was a dead human and he expected a dead something else. He's like, oh my God, something regular. I don't know what the fuck to do. Kirk, like, Daddy <laughs> Kirk, know. what do I do? It was just weird. It's just very, you very know, weird. You know, my problem with this like scene, that. though, my issue with the scene is when he first walked in, do they not have light switches in the future where, you, you know, just... You know, when you walk in the doorway, there's a, you know, light panel switch right there right. to turn on the lights. It's, it's all just automated. It's like uh, motion activated. He didn't even have to go in there and go, illuminate. Illuminate. <laughs> nope, just turns on. I got that reference so much. My favorite move of all time. Yeah, yeah, it was weird, huh? I think I, should, I, I guess I'm watching as Like I said, guys, I watched the episodes as, as we were talking about them. And um, yeah, it is really weird. And the light did come on. So, yeah, so he freaks out. He yells for Kirk. And uh, everybody goes in the building. And McCoy's like, cool, dead body. And he starts scanning it, and uh, he says that the, the old dead man there died of old age. Uh, and Spock's like, well, hey, that's impossible. And then he begins to explain why, but then uh, an old man and an old woman enter the room and interrupt them. Uh, and the old couple think that the crew have come to pay respects to uh, Alvin, which is the man on the table there. And Kirk goes to introduce himself, but the old guy is like, look, you're going to have to speak up. I can't hear shit. So Kirk just introduces himself louder. I was actually waiting for the old guy to pull out the, the old... Uh Oh, what were those things? Like, they put it in their ear, like the big oh, ear yeah, horn. Like the big horn thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, eh, eh. So, uh, yeah, so the old man introduces himself, and he is uh, Robert Johnson and his wife, Elaine. And Kirk's like, well, that can't be right. How old are you? And uh, he says that he's 29, and Elaine says that she is 27. Man, they had a hard life on that planet. Yeah, but what's really weird is like, okay, yeah, they're – He's 29, she's 27, but they look both look super old, but maybe they just both have, like, dementia and they don't understand it. But this really weird, like, 
push in with the dramatic music on Kirk like it's supposed to be this really big thing. <laughs> like, oh my god, they, they, they're supposed to be young, but they look really old, and it's really dramatic. And it's like, well, maybe they are really old, and they just their brains are gone, and they don't know that they're really old. <laughs> like with that, that's like the worst part is that they just have like dementia or Alzheimer's or something, and that's all this episode is. They, they should have yeah. inserted a joke right there. I'm 29, but I feel like I'm 80. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, when it came to that, I just assumed that, that when you he, when he heard the name of Robert Johnson, he knew that they were who they were supposed to be. Yeah. But, I mean, but yeah, in the old that, school, you notice all, the, how to do episodes on this show. It's like the dun, dun, dun. Like it's the old yeah. school 70s way where like they really let you, like TV wise, they really let you know, hey, cliffhanger here. Like like the music really dictates, real, the music and the sound really, really dictates your mood and um, his version of everything. So it's a. Uh, I, I, it didn't bother me now. This is normal, the normal corny no, thing. No, yeah, no, it's fine. I was just poking fun at it. Yeah, it's very corny. I wonder if Kirk hears that little dun 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 on his head when there's a reveal <laughs> every time. <laughs> he's just that's what he's thinking. Um, so we get the show opening, and uh, we go to a captain's log, and Kirk ex- is explaining that there were six members of the Gamma Hydra Four experimental colony, and uh, they were experiencing an unusual phenomenon. And that none of these six people were over 30, yet four of them had died of old age and two of them were currently dying of old age, which aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, so, let me hold, hold, on, hold on really quick. So, wouldn't you want to quarantine? Like, did he even quarantine correctly when he brought him up? Like, no, it was just put oh, on the table. You know what? That was a whole, that was a whole nother, like, my, you know, my thing about the PPE in this, in the show? PPE's not it. Non-existent. Yeah. Non-existent. Like, no gloves, no, no when suits. they have it, they don't use it. And, and we got off. on a planet, and we confirmed. Once we got on a planet and saw something was wrong, and we could figure out what it was, yo, we ain't leaving the planet, bro. Like, yeah, we can't that, leave. That's how it should be. Because we, we might have it on us. Whatever it is, we might have it on us. Now we now we don't contaminate it, the whole ship now. That's what I thought would happen in the episode. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just a ahead. ship full of old people. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> oh, what that I thought. That sounds like, terrible. Like, to me, that sounded, like, that was actually sounding like a really cool episode to me. Like, if just if everybody started aging in the whole on the whole ship, and then, like, slowly but surely, they're all losing their mind. It's almost like that, uh, the drug, the drug episode where everybody got high on that of that drug, yeah. where everybody said this time they're all getting old and they're all making mistakes or whatever. I thought that would be the issue, not just them, the few people who went down on the planet got it. And they're all eating dinner like at four o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> and there's just a line of ships behind the Enterprise because even though the Enterprise can go warp ten, they're going twenty miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh <laughs> Yeah, I just, I, I don't know, it was just, it was, it was a little bit different, a little bit weird to me, but, you know, I, I thought that, I thought that, like, it would affect more people, because, uh, but once, once you find all this radiation, you're like, oh, okay, only they experienced it because they were the ones on the planet, they went to the planet, so they got the, got the yeah. dose of radiation, so. Which I have yeah. an issue with that, but we're, I'll talk about that a little bit later on, because one of the characters did not go down there, but was showing aging. Huh. Oh, oh yeah, we'll have to... I think if I know who you're talking about, and uh, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, so yeah, in the sick bay, uh, Kirk asks Robert what happened to the colony, and Robert just keeps repeating that Elaine was so beautiful. She was so, so beautiful. And uh, McCoy says that Robert can hear Kirk, but he just he can't understand him. So they decide to let Robert rest um, eternally because they never talk to him again. <laughs> and uh, they, they go to the briefing room. Um, so in the briefing room, you got Kirk, McCoy, and Spock, and they're having a meeting with a group of people. Uh, one of them is Dr. Wallace, a uh, an expert in endocrinology and an expert in uh, staring at Kirk longingly. And uh, there's Commodore Stalker. He's uh, apparently the guy in charge of like the local district. Well, that is his last really name. Really cool that they brought him in. Yes, Stalker. Oh, what a terrible last name. 
And uh, yeah. Commodus Stalker annoyed me immediately by his first lines. He, uh, oh, we got a Michigan <laughs> one on. Da, da, da. I, got Bro, I got shit to do. We got things and to we do. We get like, one of those characters every now and then. Yeah, like these Commodores annoy me. Like they're always like, oh, I got things to do. Like, bro, we, we got old people here and we got dead bodies. Yeah. Like, who cares like, about Starbase 10 right now? Like, like, listen, you know the last passenger we picked up that had shit to do? We got her body <laughs> taken over by a space clown. Yeah, so just, maybe we just chill out. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying, like, his first words, oh, don't forget about the mission. Like, bro, I know I know about the mission, but I got bodies here. Give me a minute. You know, let me take care of the situation. Don't forget, we can get you where you need to go. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, and, it's not, and, not that big a deal. Yeah, I just, I don't get it. Like, I mean, I do get it because these, these Commodores are very like, oh, me, oh, what yeah, was me, me first, thing. me, 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 but they're all, I mean, we haven't found a good Commodore yet. There's not a Commodore yet I've liked. They've all been kind of no. jerky about the whole system, so. Yeah. We, oh, we yeah. better get a cool Commodore at one point where you're just like we, easy going, like, yeah, man, let's just go with the flow. Yeah, we haven't yeah. got one of those yet. Every Commodore has been driving me crazy. Yeah, that would be nice to get a nice... But they're all just like pencil pushers, just like, you know, desk jockeys. All they do is just ride the desk all day. They can't wait to get back to work and, you know, fill out files and (laughs) bureaucrat bullshit. Yeah, so uh, Bones fills him in on the situation. He says that uh, the remaining colonists are aging rapidly and that he doesn't know why. And Spock says that their sensors aren't showing anything out of the ordinary. Kirk points out that they're close to the Romulan neutral zone, and he thinks that maybe the Romulans have a new weapon, and they're testing it on the colony, which would be a hell of a weapon. Yeah, and that would have been honestly that would have been a little bit better of an episode. I mean, that would have been a cool, a cool thing too. I yeah, a it. good twist. Yeah, um, but Spock, he's already looking into that. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm checking that out. Uh, Kirk asks everyone to just basically look into everything that they can because they have no leads at this point, and uh, they're going to hang out in orbit. And this is where the uh, the Commodore's like, hey. I got to get to Starbase 10. And Kirk's like, yeah, that's cool. We'll get you there. And I thought for sure at this point, I was like, that Commodore's a dead man. He ain't going to make it. <laughs> but he he does make it. I knew who was dead because the rule is whoever le- the landing party is, whoever's not a member of the crew, they're dead. Yes. If they're not part yep. of the main crew, they go to the landing party, they're dead. And this, the, yeah. the trend continue in this episode. So the trend continues. Yeah, in, in the saddest fucking way. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so everybody exits the room except for Kirk and Dr. Wallace. And I was like, fuck, here we go. And uh, he, he turns around and he's like, is there anything I can do for you? And then it's like a total just tone shift in this. It, it went from like, we need to figure this shit out to, hey, let's go figure this shit out. Hey, we gotta like, how you doing? Yeah. yeah. How you doing? And uh, she's like, well, you could be a little less cold, efficient captain and a little more old friend. And I'm like, fucking, of course he knows her. He knows yeah, everybody. Of course. Yeah, he, of knows, course. he knows every it's blonde Kurt. woman in space. Well, he he definitely knows her. Yeah, we'll and, find that out as we're going along. But um, question: Where did she come from? Uh, I because don't, apparently they the, just knew each other at some point. And he well, no, her but her, here's space. the thing, though: like if she was already on the ship before, this conversation would be going on a long, long time ago. So this random conversation, I'm not understanding. Like, has she been on the ship this whole time, or or did right. she, or if she was on that planet, she would be turning getting old. I think they ran into an issue, and uh, he pulled out his little book his notebook of uh hot blondes with degrees (laughs) and he's like okay i'm gonna need an endocrinologist who do we got here ah dr wallace she's pretty sexy she knows about aging and things like that let's have her shipped over here and he just had her just fucking shipped right over a question what is uh endocrinology by the way i never looked it up uh i I, did did look it up and i didn't take the notes of it because it was it's just like the study of just like I don't even remember exactly, but like the way that your body works, like your 
I'm going to get this wrong because I don't remember, but something about like blood flow and like all this other just like shit in your body. Okay. Just, just body stuff. I just, I, I, I assumed it was something important, like, like health doctor or something, but I didn't really get, I didn't look it up At to first, see how. First I was like, is that where they feel for the bumps on your head? But no, that's not <laughs> it. Definitely not it. Uh, I mean, I can look it up right now. No, no, no. It's yeah, all right, really? Just, it's just, just body stuff. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. She says that she hasn't seen Kirk in six years, four months and an odd number of days. And holy shit, she's been keeping track. Listen, yeah, Rhett has there. that effect. Here's my issue right now. I, I read that right here. Look, she knows the days, right? She was married to somebody else. Yeah. That means she kept track of the days. Yep. That is wild to me. Like, hey, what, you were married you go to somebody Kirk, else, you don't man. Go back. You still count on the days no. with your ex? Like, I haven't seen my ex in 2,000 days. What? <laughs> like, you're my you're my woman now. Like, the, 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 you count. You see how, how crazy it is to me? I, I marks it on the calendar and he reads it every morning. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'll never compare to Kirk. Yeah, like, blah, blah, blah. For Kirk, yeah, she marks it on like, I want to be with Kirk. I want to be with Kirk anyway. Her calendar is just pictures of Kirk. Like <laughs> day, a special day, one day 121. So oh, my still God. Still no Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh, my God. Oh, man, that's crazy to me. She just, yeah. she knows the number of days. I just, and she's married. I, I'm hurt. I feel, I feel. Hey, dead guy, ghost. I feel your pain right now, bro. I, when I heard, when I she said that, it hurt me a little bit. I was like, oh. even in the afterlife, he's like, he has the life moaning and groaning, like, oh no, she killed on the date. It just hurt a little bit. So my bad, guys. I just want to do that. I just you know what I think is crazy is she's the first that I can remember, the first love interest of his that really put on that you know 60s, 70s sultry, sexy lady voice throughout this whole episode she just uses that voice it's like ah, can you just like talk normally because there's no way you speak like that regularly no I, like, I think a lot of, i have to listen again i have to listen again to the voices because i felt like i felt like she used the same tone all those girls use when, when they ladies oh, excuse me ladies use when mean, he's around kurt they just start melting yeah they, they did to an extent but she like really really dove into it well, she, uh, knows, I, she knows what kurk likes yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, and, yeah they were dating. Anything, they, anything they, that they, closely resembles her. She's also the first person that, that it's not there. We're in a relationship for a long time, though. Yeah. Kirk just likes any any blonde woman. I'm pretty sure he saw, like, a mop in the dark once and got attracted to it. <laughs> he thought it had, like, long blonde hair. And according to the story, did she called off the wedding, though, didn't she? It sounded like she no. called off the wedding. No. Uh, her husband died. Yeah, she got no, remarried. No, called off the wedding to Kurt. I don't think she was supposed no, to. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, they were going. No, her and Kirk were going to, were going to get married. But get married. They yeah, part of the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. missed that. Yeah, she was I, like, she was like, yeah. When, when we, she, why do you think I got married after we called it off? Like, applying, no, like they I, called I off. Think, I thought she meant like they called off their relationship. I, I, not I like thought they, they, called, they called off like, their about to get married, and then she got, and she get, means somebody else to get married. That's what I thought. No, I, I took it as that they called off their relationship. Like they just stopped seeing each other. Oh. I, I, I took it the same way Paul did. I, yeah. I thought they were going to get married, and yeah, because they she both mentions marriage they part of that situation. So I thought that I, to me, it implied that oh, they they were going to get married, but it's not, they, they chose their jobs over getting married. Do you see Kirk as a marriage kind of guy? I don't know. Uh, this chick well, uh, might settle him down. This is this is the early this, Kirk. This ain't late. This, this is early this is before Kirk. he got to be a captain. Yeah, we're but it's yeah, only been six years. Like yeah, you he, know he, he was still, still, he he was still doing, doing six years. Younger Kirk. Was not getting married. Well, well, I can tell you. No, this Kirk, Kirk was a good one. Kirk no, like, no, is in the galaxy. No, young Kirk was the good one. It's when he got the captain no. power that he started to get all flashy. No. He's like, oh, I'm a captain now. He just running through women now. He's a captain before he was a good guy. <laughs> He's just running through him. <laughs> He's just running through him. Now he captain Kirk. 
He just, oh, remember me? Kind yeah, of it's, like, oh. it's that damn space that messed him yeah, up. It's real. It's like, <laughs> he wasn't like the, that before the, he went the, into space. The captain power, man. <laughs> <laughs> he got the captain power. He's like, yeah, I finally got some power. He's like, ladies, <laughs> I ain't getting married now. <laughs> I ain't any girl I want. I'm Captain Kurt. <laughs> All right, oh. we've been on this shit long enough. <laughs> Kirk has not been keeping track. I know that much. He's not he been keeping list, track of the last time too. we were together. Unless the coin yeah. says... <laughs> <laughs> he probably forgot her name until he looked in that little book. He was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a black book with pictures and everything in the planet's terror. He goes yeah. to the place of the planet and lets you know who, who's the whole on the planet. Book. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. So, uh, Oh God. So he says that she has her job and he has his ship and that things wouldn't change if they started all over again. So basically they would just end up not together. And she says that in all those years, she only heard from him once when her husband died. And uh, they talk about basically how she married a man in her field and uh, says that she didn't have to give up a thing. But he's like, uh, he says, he's like, well, you didn't have to really give up anything then to be with this guy. And she's like, well, I had to give you up. And then uh, they get a little closer, and uh, Uhura does what Uhura do and interrupts them. She's really good at interrupting his uh, his like potential sex time. Yeah. Like Uhura, Uhura's just like, wait a minute, hold on, Captain Sp- fucking saw- somebody's senses going off. I-, I thought Spock interrupted him, didn't they? No, no, no she called and said that she called and said that uh, Spock wanted to see him on the bridge. Oh, uh, well, technically Spock cock blocked him then. Nah, you heard just know that it was Uhura. Definitely, I saw you. Yeah. I was Uhura. She could have made that call at any time. Yeah. I, mean, I bet Spock didn't even want to see him. She just used it as an excuse. She has like cameras everywhere. She's just watching. She's like, she has like a, a fucking Kirk's about to fuck button and just hits that to interrupt him wherever he is. Oh my! God. No, no wonder why she gets so many vacation days. Like, <laughs> he's like, listen, you need some time off because I have some plans. So we don't see her for a couple episodes. We like, where, where, where's your hair last five episodes? Like, yeah. We don't even know. She's like, but Captain, I'm out of PTO. He's like, not anymore. No, not anymore. Got some you. new PTO. <laughs> He's like, I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I share some of mine with you. <laughs> oh man, no. Yeah, so, so now we're on the bridge, and Kirk orders Sulu to maintain standard orbit, and Spock says that Gamma Hydra Four checks out as a normal planet with nothing out of the ordinary. So Kirk asks about the rogue comet in the area, and Spock says that he's reached. Uh, no conclusions on that yet, but uh, it was an uninvestigated rogue comet. Uh, the Commodore Stalker interrupts them, and he says that the facilities on Starbase 10 are more complete than those on the Enterprise, and that their investigations would be facilitated if they were to go there. Shut up, man. Uh, Starbase yeah, 10, Starbase like, nah, 10, Starbase 10. Yeah. <laughs> Starbase 10. Every time. Hey, guys, Starbase 10. Dude, if you don't shut up, man, in the Starbase 10 comments, it's the whole episode. Like, I want the point. Hey, Starbase like, 10 is nice. Like, it's a good one. Like, like if I was the episode, I'll, I, guys, I'd have got trouble. I'd have punched them. Like, yo, we've been talking about Starbase 10 for all day. We try to figure things out over here. Starbase 10. Hater. Like, what, are you in love with Starbase 10? Dude, yeah, yeah. You want to marry him? Like, that's how I feel right now. Like, it's just Starbase 10 every two seconds. It's like, Kirk goes in the bathroom and Stalker follows him. He's like, you know, on Starbase 10, the stall doors go all the way to the floor. There are no gaps. <laughs> it's automatic totally function of Starbase 10. Like, okay, we get it, bro. We get it. Starbase 10. We understand. I shut up, man. Shut up. Yeah, Kirk's just Kirk's just like, hey, thanks. I appreciate that, but we're going to be fine. You know, Enterprise <laughs> is enough for us. So uh, he starts to go to engineering, but then he stops on his way out to tell Sulu to maintain standard orbit, orbit. And Sulu's like, you already gave me that command. And Kirk's like, all right, we'll follow it then. Like, just kind of, kind of a dick move, honestly. Honestly, he honestly, Sulu didn't have to say anything. He just like, okay. Like, yeah. 
like he he could he just he could have kept his mouth shut on that one and that's, just, yeah just that's true he could have. There's a lot going on, yeah. yeah. Okay, just I, been I, like, see, yeah, okay I see forgot. what you're saying. Like, if Sulu would have just not made the comment back, he just did, like, okay, and just did what he's told. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah, what Kirk, Kirk wouldn't have said anything. Like, oh, next time we would have walked in the room, like, are we at where we're supposed to be? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Twice. Uh, so we go to the sick bay, and uh, the there, here's the unnamed woman from the landing party was Lieutenant Galway. And uh, she asks to speak with McCoy, and she says that she's been having trouble hearing and that she's never had trouble hearing before. And this was the first time that I noticed that uh, Bones is looking a little bit older in this scene. He's got a little bit more gray on the sides of his hair. And yeah, he is they, they, uh, they, they, asking they, about pictures of Spider-Man. Uh, quick, a quick <laughs> rant real quick while, while I think about it. This show did an amazing job with the aging thing, by the way. Oh, dude, it's, it's so good. Especially for the time. Like, it's funny that now, they struggle now, that right now they finally got it to really good, but they can use CGI and practical effects to make it look really good. But think about how practical it is with all the work, makeup work, and stuff like that. Like, these guys are really masters of their craft, because you can tell, like, they're really good at just makeup doing this. You would never see something like this nowadays, All just makeup. It would be digitally altered also. So, it looked, it looked incredible all the way through. Well, yeah, the makeup will... Makes it look better over the years where CGI or like 15 years later, yeah, 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 like, this oh, that doesn't look up, as like, good. Yeah, this holds hold up, up. Though, after all these years. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, really, this, this holds, holds up, up so well. I'm shocked. I was shocked at how well it held up. Yeah, I, I was really like, I was really impressed and shocked by how good the practicality of this works. And it was really subtle. Like, first, it was a little gray here and there, a little gray here and there. Like, they even did it like step by step, uh, subtly before. They got to the next level of stuff. You're like, oh, they're going to keep going and keep going a little by little. Like the effects got better and better and better and better. There's only one time I saw the effects. I was kind of like, eh, but it wasn't. But it's more about my personal preference. Not that crazy, but like more than I like the practical effects just looked really good. Yeah, I was going to say at the end of this, uh, basically my wrap up that, yeah, the the makeup for their aging was phenomenal. But also what really helped it is that everybody's acting as they got older was just insane. Like you would have thought that it was a completely different actor, especially like for Bones. Yep. Like he was super good at this. Like DeForest Kelly was uh, absolutely uh, yeah, amazing. A couple times episode. he even changed his accent. His accent, yeah. Yeah. It, it actually became more just country. country doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just regular, like as he's talking, like he's hearing his country accent come out while he's talking too. So it's like yeah. he's like almost like his his actor version of himself came out. You know, his normal version came out while he was acting, which is kind of cool too. So like, it just, just a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of positivity in that in that particular yeah. moment. But I just want to say that. Yeah. But uh, so he goes on. He offers Lieutenant Galway some hypersonic treatment for her hearing problem. And then uh, we go to Kirk, where he's just needlessly shirtless. He has absolutely no reason to not be wearing a shirt in this scene, but they have elected to have him not wearing a shirt. (laughs) Why don't we contract? We have to start counting shirtless Kirk. We need shirtless Kirk as like a counter next time, uh, next season. Well, I know it's been a little while, but we did get a tweet back in April, which was like, you know, a while ago. Of uh, somebody let us know some stats for season one. Uh, so just this is just season one. So there were four red shirts killed, three blue shirts killed, five yellow shirts killed, uh, one crew in a non-colored shirt, ten crew members died off scene for twenty-three, and then Kirk ripped his shirt four times and was needlessly shirtless <laughs> three times in that season. 
Oh, there we go. See, great stats right there. That is a solid stat. So, yes, yeah. I, I don't want to call out Twitter names. So these, these people know who they are. But, yes, thank you for those stats because that's an amazing said stat. Three times. Uh, uh, she three said. Needless shirtless, huh? Yeah. Well, we had this to that collection from season awesome. two right here. This needless shirtless current. There's no reason for this one. Yeah. It's not key to the plot. Well, uh, also shirtless Kirk answers the phone or the the uh, the webcam, I should say, shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Spock, check out my ass. Like, dude, dude, come on. Oh, no. He's making video calls with no shirt. <laughs> oh, uh, where's shirt, the episode going Kirk today? Because care. I thought this was going to be a quickie, but we're just we're just no, everywhere. Okay. It's going yeah. great. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so yeah, shirtless Kirk, he does contact Spock for a progress report and Spock's got nothing to report. So Kirk asked him to look into the comment that the astronomical section reported. And Spock's like, yeah, I am, because you told me to. And Kirk's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the sick bay, which is the first time that one of these people has something wrong with them and goes, you know what? Maybe something's wrong with me. I should go to the sick bay. Normally they're like, no, no, I'm fine. And they have to be forced. So good for him for recognizing that. Uh, But then when he leaves, he notices that his back hurts. And that apparently uh, automatically makes him old, which sucks because... I am 36 and my back started hurting at 25. So I've been old for a very long time now. <laughs> so sucks to be me. Yeah. My back hurts uh, every day. So it is what it is. Yeah. We are old. Yeah. Oh, hater. Um, so he goes to sick bay to see McCoy and nurse chapel are covering the body of Robert Johnson. So he's dead. And uh, McCoy says that the cause of death was old age. So uh, they leave the room and Scotty calls to ask if he can come by sick bay. And McCoy is just, he's like, look, Scotty, you just need some damn vitamins, but go ahead and come on up. <laughs> Quit so, doing so many drugs and take your vitamins. Drugs are called vitamins. Yes. Take this vitamin. So, yep. There you go. Here you go. One vitamin today. Yeah. So Kirk mentions that McCoy is getting a little gray and McCoy just gets real pissed off. And he says that, uh, he's like, well, you take my job and see what happens to you. And uh, Kirk's like, well, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> so <laughs> McCoy, I took my shirt off and hurt myself. Yeah. yeah, and then McCoy's like, oh, yeah, well, I don't like the way you've been running this ship lately. <laughs> Just kind of getting it <laughs> yeah. all out there. I don't get uh, it. Yeah. A little, little awkward. A little weird. Yeah. So he uh, he does a few scans on Kirk's arm, and uh, one of them like hurts Kirk a little bit in his wrist. And he says that he wants to do a complete physical exam because Kirk has advanced uh, arthritis. And that it's spreading very quickly. And then uh, Scotty enters, and he is just white as fuck. Like, and he, he is my very, problem. very aged. And here's my problem. He didn't go down with the landing party, right? No, he was there. Oh, he was? Yep, Scotty was there. Oh, never mind. He I was on, my yeah, he was on the right side of the screen, yeah. Oh, I, I don't remember seeing him there. That was my one issue with the episode. Or one of my issues with the episode. I'm like, how the fuck is Scotty aging when he didn't go down? But I, yeah. I retract that. I, I didn't see him. I thought you were going to say Stalker because there was a scene in this in which Stalker, for some reason, looked a little bit older than he does. But I think it might have just been weird lighting for that. Because like, I went back over a few times and compared, and he definitely looks a little older in that scene. But I think it's, it might just be like a lighting issue mm. or just like, you know, just a weird angle or something. Yeah, because uh, when, I, when I saw Scotty aging, I was trying to figure out the rest of the episode. Why is no one else aging on the ship? Because yeah, I didn't he, realize he was that's... down there with him. I didn't realize that Scotty went down there with them, so... Yeah, well, he didn't say anything, and he was just kind of in the background. Yeah, I'm looking at the crew right now. It was Spock, Kurt, uh, Bones, Scotty, Chekhov, and, uh, and a and Galway. Girl. Yeah, Galway. Galway. Yeah, 
Yeah, most of this episode for me, I was like, why the fuck is no one else aging? Scotty is. Like, what the hell is going on? Also, yeah, it really does. It was all weird then. His, his, his years are catching up to him. That's <laughs> yeah, all. He's he's he wasn't there. Really he's just lived a, a crazy huh? life. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Scotty's really old. We go to a commercial. Uh, we come back. Captain's log explains that everybody that beamed down to the planet are showing signs of aging. And except for Chekhov, he appears to be normal. And normal is like, you know, air quotes normal because that boy ain't right. <laughs> but, uh, an aged Kirk is in the sick bay with the others as they perform a physical exam. And McCoy says that they're aging approximately 30 years every day and he does not know why. Uh, Kirk asks Spock and uh, Spock says that they each have less than a week to live. But like, dude, at 30 a day, you got like a few days. Max. Yeah, yeah. Now, you wouldn't have I, a week in here. Yeah, a week. Yeah. I mean, technically, yeah, a few days is less than a week. So, yeah, technically he's right. But, but uh, yeah. then in the future, maybe they have a longer lifespan. Like maybe. See, I wanted that too. So probably. Like maybe you're like the average lifespan is now 200 for human beings. Or oh like God, a, or no, 120, 130 or whatever rather than. Yeah, I guess a very good point. I never thought of it that way at all until you brought it up just like that. Especially since Kirk was already in his 30s. So if he lives a day, he's in his 60s. After that, he's in his 90s. Like, I don't think he's going to get, you know, a <laughs> week. He's not going to get to day three. <laughs> yeah. I guess I've never... I, I, I'm curious how long... I'm, I'm going to look it up and find out. What's the lifespan on Star Trek uh, for humans? I'm curious. Yeah, that's a good question. It, it has to be, you know, more than now. Just how much more than now. I'm curious. Uh, if this was, and again... They should have taken those fucking android bodies when they had the chance. <laughs> Wouldn't have aged. Wouldn't have been a problem. Oh, yeah, every every yeah. episode, every <laughs> they should episode, be regretting like, not taking those android bodies when they know? had a chance. Idiots. Uh, but uh, Spock uh, also notes that their mental f- uh, faculties are aging faster than their bodies and that they'll be little better than mental vegetables in considerably less time. Which is good news for Chekhov because he already is. Uh, <laughs> He's like, nothing has changed. Yeah. So they'll be uh, they'll be senile in a very short time. Um, Kirk announces that he wants everyone to start round the clock research immediately, starting with why Chekhov is fine. He wants to know why the hell that idiot is okay. <laughs> and McCoy tells Spock that he's perfectly healthy, but Spock says that he's just having difficulty concentrating and his eyesight is failing, and that the ship's normal temperature feels cold to him. So McCoy argues that uh, he didn't say that Spock isn't affected. He just said that Spock is perfectly healthy for a normal Vulcan on the high side of 100, which we already know that Vulcans lived fucking forever. Yeah, for, yeah. So he's going to get to, you know, outlive these guys. Um, Scotty wants to go back to his station. He's like, look, I just want to go back to work. And uh, Kirk's like, you know what? That's that's fair. Go ahead and do it. And M- you know, McCoy. Props to, props to Scotty. He, he's looking rough, but yeah, he's still on to work. Yeah, and he's like, I'm not a scientist. Like, I there's nothing I can do with this shit. Like, let me just go back to work. Like, if I'm going to die, I'd like to just die, you know, doing what I love. So, good for him. Um, McCoy tells Galloway that she can leave and go get some rest, but she does not want to leave because she's afraid of what she's going to find when she wakes up. And goddamn, if this isn't, like, the saddest scene in this whole yeah. series up to this point. Like, for dear real. God, I felt awful for that woman. It was like, yeah, very good. Uh, like, you, you felt that moment. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then you're like, you're right. Yeah. Uh, like, it's just, like she, she may not wake up. She's like, I yeah, don't it was rest. very written. That, that line right there was written very well. Cause this is the way they put it. You're like, Oh, you're right. I guess if you wake up, you don't remember nothing. Like I wouldn't want to go to sleep either. Yeah. Um, so Kirk's like, okay, like you can go back to your, your regular duties. And, uh, she gets up to leave and on the door, there's a mirror and she sees herself in the mirror and she's like, that's a stupid place to hang a mirror. And it really is. She's right. <laughs> that, that, like, that, from a she literally said what everybody on planet Earth watching the TV was thinking. 
like, yeah, that's a dumb place to put it. And she said, I was like, yeah. And I was like, the the joke of it was amazing, by the way. It's like, oh, yeah, I know this is a real, real deep, sad moment. But by the way, here's a joke for you. So smile a little bit. Like, uh, I mean, I think it's just more that no matter where that mirror was, she was going to be mad because she saw herself. But yes, it is a but, but no, it's, 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 it's kind of a smile thing, though. It's kind of like, what a dumb place to put a mirror as like part of like something I would think in my head. And she said it anyway. So it's like, it, I had me laughing. And Bones yeah. is sad because he's like, I like that mirror there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it said the word senility. Yeah, Sen- senile. Senility. Yeah, what, yeah no, whatever, whatever word they said. They said it in the episode, and I heard it. I was like, oh, that's how you say it. I couldn't figure, yeah. I couldn't figure out how to say it right until I heard him say it in the show, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Galway leaves, and Kirk notes that she's 10 years younger than him but looks a lot older, and McCoy says that that's because people age normally at different speeds. And uh, they still wonder why Chekhov hasn't aged any, and then they have him prepped for another physical. Uh, Dr. Wallace says that she and her husband tried out various carbohydrate compounds to slow down the degeneration of plant life, so maybe they can try that. McCoy's like, yeah, let's try that. And uh, Kirk decides he's going to go into the, uh, he's just going to go to the bridge. And uh, Dr. Wallace, you know, they meet up in the corridor. So, uh, she starts uh, talking about how she has some hope for solving their problems, and then she kind of pivots into talking about how she isn't over Kirk, which is, she's like, yeah, I understand, like, you're getting really old, you're probably going to die in a couple days, but I still have a thing for you, so, you know. uh, Maybe we should, you know, for you you die? Yeah, while you still can, (laughs) physically, and also before death. (laughs) Uh, He he walks back into the doctor's like, Bones, I need some Viagra. Yeah. Um, he has a whole he has a jar in his room. He's Kirk. <laughs> yeah. he, has a, he has a fucking sponsorship, for God's sakes. They, they, they ship it to he him everywhere like, he is. It's the reaction or whatever. Like, he has a jar full of, like, they react instantly because the future. <laughs> oh, I'm going to kill myself if, today. Oh, God. Uh-oh. If he was in uh, the next generation, you think he would use the replicator to make that? <laughs> Can you? I'm not sure. <laughs> that's like the one thing I know of from the next generation. I did uh I did did a quick research and I found out that uh in the future there's an episode where uh Bones appears on the next generation a TV show and he's 137. Oh, oh well. so some guy, they can live to they can live to at least 140 or like it's like not the average it's actually above average but average is about 100 but it's the people can live up to like 140. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know he was in the next generation either. For an episode. That's interesting. It must have been an early one. Um, so yeah, Kirk just asks uh, Dr. Wallace how old her husband was, or how much older he was than her, and she's like, well, he was 26 years older. And Kirk's just kind of like, yeah, you like you like the older men, that's why you like me. <laughs> and then uh, she suddenly doesn't want to talk about her husband anymore. And uh, Kirk's like, well, you know, what do you see when you look at me? And she starts listing all these qualities about, you know, how he's a great starship captain, and he's loyal and courageous and all this stuff. And, uh, He's like, look, I'm getting pretty old here. Are you offering me love or a going away present? And she she does not have a response to that. But I'm like, either or. Just, just take yeah. the present. Just, just, just take yeah. the gift. Either or, no sir. refusing gift. You got Can't two days both. left. Please. Like, yeah, enjoy it. You got two days, man. So we go to the bridge and uh, Chekhov is venting about all of the, the physical exams, which actually I, I found him pretty funny in this. Like he's just being super pissy about it. He's like, give some blood Chekhov. Like get on this machine Chekhov. <laughs> like just all yeah. this shit that he's and had I to put, do. My quote was shut up Chekhov. Really? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, you're trying you, to save your crew. I'm, I'm just, you're not going to take your friends or really you took it a poker and a priding and the whatever the simple <laughs> ticket. Man, shut up, man. Like, like this is the first episode I hated you, by the way. Brandon it's loved the episode and I hated this. every moment of this episode. Every time it was an episode, I'm like, yo, shut up, Chekhov. Because every time you did something, your face just annoyed me this episode. I just, I don't get it, bro. So, oh, they took my blood sample to help, help my friends. Merle samples. Oh, man, you don't shut up. Maybe I, he just knows that they always get out of this shit, so it's not serious anyway. <laughs> oh, I see. So he's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. like he's, he's gonna get out of it anyway. They always yeah. fucking do. But uh, Kirk enters the bridge, and Sulu, or he has Sulu adjust their orbit to twenty thousand mile perigree. And then uh, Yeoman asks Kirk to sign something, and he notices the Commodore Stalker is staring at him like a fucking weirdo. You know, like <laughs> just, a stalker, just looking, yeah, just looking at him like look at this old motherfucker. Commodore Stalker, the Stalker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stalker reminds him of their due date at Starbase 10 again. <laughs> Here we go again. Starbase 10. Starbase 10. He, Starbase Kirk, 10. he doesn't even say hi. He just says Starbase 10. Starbase 10. Yeah. How many of Starbase 10? Here we go again. Shut up about yeah. Starbase 10, sir. We know. We know. Let's yeah, get the best of Commodore, everything. Apparently Commodore, they act like five-year-olds. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really, you know what for you not to have kids sir that's exactly what it is yes <laughs> for the same thing over and over again over and over again with no matter starbase 10 starbase 10 like yo <laughs> shut up like starbase 10 all, that's how i feel right now like you're right about that that's truly yeah. how it is with these commodores it's me me yeah. me take me where i need to go forget everything else every <laughs> commodore's annoying me the whole time you know just starbase 10 man shut up bro. yeah uh, kirk tells him that they're gonna be late because they're not leaving until they stop what's happening to them. And Stalker, he's like, look, I just want to help. And Kirk says, all right, well, you know, I'll send a message to Starbase 10. And uh, Spock says that uh, Kirk already sent that message this morning. So he's like, all right. So Kirk uh, calls the yeoman over for the fuel consumption report to sign, and she says that he already signed it. And he's like, well, if I already signed it, then I wouldn't have asked for it. So she hands it to him, and he sees his signature on it. And then he just very quietly goes and sits down in his captain chair, kind of like defeated. So a little later, uh, Kirk fell asleep in his chair, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> like geez, He's just really getting old. And uh, Spock enters and wakes him up with a report. And Spock reports that uh, they think that the orbit of Gamma Hydra 4 carried the planet into the comet's trail. And he says that uh, they set their sensors to the extreme low range of the radiation scale and that they managed to detect some radiation from the comet that they could not de- detect before. So they go to take the report to McCoy, and uh, Kirk asks Uhura to send a message to Starfleet Command using Code 2 so the Romulans don't intercept it. But she reminds him that the Romulans have already broken Code 2. And he's like, all right, then use Code 3. And uh, he starts to dictate his message, but then he kind of stops partway through because he's trying to be like, yeah, you know, we're here, and the comet is here, but he can't remember where the hell the comet is. So Spock reminds him of its location, and then uh, he finishes the message. So they go to leave, and Kirk has Sulu adjust the orbit to 20,000 mile perigree. And Sulu's like, do you mean another 20,000? And at this point, Kirk gets really pissed off, and he's like, I failed to understand why all of my orders are being questioned. And he just tells Sulu to do what he's told. So Spock asks Sulu, he's like, Sulu, what is our current position? And Sulu says that they're orbiting at 20,000. So Kirk just is like, all right, maintain orbit, and they leave. So he's getting pissed because he can't, like, remember anything. And he just thinks that everybody's questioning him. And it's actually, it's really well done. Like, the way this is written, the, the like, stuff just coming back yeah. is 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 fantastic. Yeah. I, I enjoyed uh, the, I'm, I'm quiet right now because I'm, I'm listening to Reback while the episode's playing in the background. I'm just enjoying it. It's just, uh, it's really well done. Yeah. Um, 
So we move to the sick bay, and McCoy is mad that they didn't know about the radiation sooner. And Spock's like, well, I'm sorry, my thinking process is, isn't as efficient as it was before. And then uh, Kirk leaves the room, and Spock stays behind to talk to McCoy about the ship's temperature, which is fucking hilarious. Like, it's such an old man thing <laughs> coming out of Spock. It's fantastic. It's hot He's here. like, <laughs> He's like, well, I adjusted the temperature in my quarters to a tolerable 125 degrees. Ooh, but no. he wants to know if there's something that can he can take to lower his sensitivity to cold. McCoy's like, geez, remind me not to make a house call to your room. Yeah, for real. He also makes a good joke. He also makes a good joke. He's like, I'm a doctor. I'm not a magician. Yeah, he's, he says, I'm not a magician, just an old country doctor. So he even got his own saying wrong. Yeah. But the old but, country doctor, he sounded like an old country, country doctor, doctor when he said it. That's what yeah. I was saying. That's what I was saying. Like his voice changes or whatever. Like I just, I don't know. It was a really good, yeah. that was really well done. And Spock's just like, yep, that's what I always suspected. And then he just leaves. <laughs> Uh, so he, Dr. He, Spock, Wallace Spock knows he's gonna die happy knowing like yep I was right <laughs> that whole country son of a bitch uh, so Dr. Wallace says that none of their radiation therapies are gonna work on their radiation sickness and uh, McCoy says that they're gonna have to start over uh, they, they will start over if they have to and develop a whole new uh, therapy so we go to the corridor and Commander Stalker or Commodore Stalker stops Spock and uh wants to talk to him about Kirk's failing mental facilities and he thinks that, or he asks Spock to help out by taking over command of the Enterprise on the grounds that Kirk is unable to fulfill his duties because of his affliction. And Spock is like, well look, you know, I'm dealing with the same affliction. But Stalker says that since Spock's a Vulcan, he shows the effects to a lesser degree. And uh, Spock says that well, I'm half human, so my physical reflexes are down, my mental capacity is reduced, I get tired really easy, and I'm just not fit for command. And Stalker argues that, well, if Spock isn't fit, then, you know, even with his Vulcan physique, then there's no way that Kirk can be fit, which is honestly a very fair argument. That This is the uh, first time I, I did not annoy, this guy didn't annoy me. And and this whole this whole scene between them actually is really well written, really well done, and I actually liked it. And I yeah. think it's, it, like, the, and he didn't sound like, a, he wasn't like, um like, oh, using my power to, for some, like, he's regulations. And and all his um, counterpoints were actually perfectly perfectly made sense. So actually, yeah, I, like I he he still has his his agenda, but like these are also very fair points. points yeah, he's making yeah, here. yeah. So um, Spock tries to excuse himself, but Star, uh, Stalker argues that they have to follow Starfleet regulations, and that Spock has to convene a competency hearing for Kirk. And Spock resists the idea, but Stalker says that when a captain is physically or mentally unfit, a hearing is mandatory. So Spock relents, and he's like, okay, well, we'll have a hearing uh, at 1,400 hours. And yeah, like, I actually, I agree with Stalker on this point. Like, Kirk is obviously failing, you know, mentally and physically, and Spock can't do it. Next up would be Scotty. He can't do it. So, like, there's there's kind of, I, I have two thoughts of this. Like, first of all, he's right. Like, none of those guys should be running that ship, even though his motive is just to get himself to Starbase 10. But at the same time, what a completely dick move to know that these guys have less than a week to live and you're going to make them waste their time with a fucking hearing. <laughs> they could go on for how long? I, I kind of felt the same way on, on your uh, points there. Like, Yeah, but... I, I he, he was in the think... right, but what a waste of time. But my question is, where's the backup captain that we've seen before, like, oh, the yeah, past episodes? Or, or yeah, but the... why didn't you let Chekhov or, like, Sulu be the captain? Because we've seen yeah. them take the helm of the ship before also. Yeah, but the Commodore is uh, higher than them in power ranking. So after, after you say, if you, after you go through a list of guys who don't, who can't be a captain because they're they're uh, impaired or whatever, the Commodore would be above 
be, uh, be above be above them. So I'm not sure where that guy where that guy was today at all. But he, he, you have to give the Commodore credit. Like he wasn't originally trying to take the ship. He was trying well, to find someone on the ship. That's what I'm about to say right now ship. about this about this last time was um, I don't think he tried to take the ship to go to Starburst ten, uh, Star Base Ten this time. I think he did it because the captain was impaired. I don't think he's had any other motive. Well, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you, yeah. If, you, even you though, can go down to, like, the list of people on the yeah, ship okay, that yeah, you would saying. assume command instead of him just taking command, which he tried yeah. doing. So I don't know why after, like, Scotty's like, oh, I guess I'll just do it then. Okay, yeah, well, that's well, what you're saying. Like, the thing check is, though, like, or, oh, go ahead. Not, not to jump too far ahead, but, like, as soon as he got command, he's like, we're going to Starbase 10. I, I, I know he <laughs> did that <laughs> immediately in his first reaction, so it looks like it's some kind of counter motive. But me personally, I just felt like, hey, he realized the captain was impaired now. And he's like, yo, we got to figure this out right now. I don't have our interior motives. But once he got the power, he said, yo, let's go Starbase 10. So I'm going to do that anyway. I didn't think he did it to go to Starbase 10. I think he did yeah. it because he could see the captain was having uh, issues. And it happened when he go. I thought that Starbase 10 was the secondary for the rest of the part. Not, And this is me complaining about Starbase 10 the whole time. I just thought that he did it out of like, oh, the captain, like the captain himself, um, Captain himself is impaired. I need to make sure that I need to make sure everybody's good. I didn't think he was my take on it was that he did not want to take over himself, but that he wanted somebody to take over that he could convince to go to Starbase Ten. Oh, yeah. he, wanted, he wanted to put yeah. somebody in that okay, seat yeah, to he, get he, wanted, he, he, was all, to he wanted a puppet cap it, captain. We're all, yeah. we're all in we're all in the same space. We just all viewed a little bit differently. So, <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm trying to make it a point to say Starbase Ten as much as possible on this podcast. <laughs> If anyone's listening, keep count how many times we said Starbase yeah. 10. <laughs> Including that one and that one. I said it, I said it enough times already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we go to the sick bay and uh, Chekhov is getting more tests as Galloway basically crawls into the room and uh, collapses in Kirk's arms. And then she just dies. And Kirk is like, well, how long do we have? And uh, he, he says that it's just basically a matter of days or perhaps hours. Uh, so we go to a commercial break from there. So we come back from the commercial break and the competency hearing has started and Spock begins by saying that he considers the hearing to be invalid and Kirk agrees that the hearing is invalid. And Stalker states that uh, he made this happen to save the lives of, of the valuable members of Starfleet on board the ship. See, he even says it. See? He says it right well, he, like, well, he I'm has thinking. to. Nah, it's yeah, like what he says. He cares about the ship. I understand, Stalker. I'm on your back now. I've been, no, I've been I on think it's, all I think episode. it's a dual motive. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, because he's on the ship, so he doesn't want somebody incompetent to be running the ship. But yes, he does probably care about the people on the ship, but also was, really wants to go to Starbase 10. Starbase, Starbase, 10, 10, huh? has, Starbase yep. 10 has the best pretzel stand out of all the Starbases, <laughs> and he's trying to get there to get them damn pretzels. You, oh, you know, course, two things can be true at the same time. He, he's concerned about the crew, and he wants to go to Starbase 10. He wants to go to Starbase 10, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, I, I'll give you that one. So yeah, and even right here, he again states his need to go to Starbase 10. <laughs> and he claims responsibility of the hearing. But then Spock's like, no, I'm second in command. I'm responsible for the hearing. And then Spock allows Kirk to make a statement. So yeah, even in his fucking statement, he says, Starbase 10. Yeah, I'll say it. So Kirk uh, argues for calling the hearing off and just getting back to work, but Spock says that it's impossible because of the regulations, but he informs Kirk that he is entitled to a direct examination of all of the witnesses. So we go a little bit later, and Spock is questioning Sulu about Kirk's history and Kirk's uh, inability to remember the events that just transpired with the whole uh, orbit, and uh, Kirk interrupts, saying that he expects his orders to be obeyed and he doesn't have to repeat himself. And uh, Spock urges Sulu to answer the question about, hey, did he tell you, you know, to set that 
uh, orbit twice, and Sulu confirms that yes, Kirk did repeat his order. So then Spock then turns to Yeoman Atkins, who was the one who had him sign the fuel consumption report, and uh, he's like, hey, did you know? Did he forget that he had signed this report? And she tries to argue that Kirk had more important things on his mind. Like, he has a lot going on. And Spock is like, just answer the fucking question. What, and, uh, what a loyal crew Kirk has, by the yeah. way. Yes. What a lucky guy. Yeah. And I but I mean, she, under normal circumstances, like, and this, this comes up a few times that, like, yeah, he's under a lot of stress. He has a lot going on. I imagine that this kind of thing would happen every now and then, right? Like, Nobody's perfect oh, yeah, except well, for Kirk, but like yeah, something would have to slip his mind every now and then. Yeah, but, but like, like I, I get, I get what you're saying. I don't think it would be out of the question that every now and then, you know, he makes a slip up and forgets his order. Like, fuck, dude, I get up off the couch to go get something for another room, and I get to that room and forgot why I was there. <laughs> right? I'm not even all under any stress. the time, all the time. But as a captain, though, with the, this disease going on, I figure that they they're going to take those lapses lapses as like oh, way more serious, way more serious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she says that, yes, Kirk did forget that he signed the report. And uh, Spock's like, all right, get out of my face. And yeah, uh, why, why was she the only one that had to leave after, like, yeah, Zulu got like, to say, like, you may get out. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. Go make somebody sign some shit. Because <laughs> uh, she's not main cast, so she doesn't get all that time off. Fair enough. Uh, so then Spock turns to Uhura and he asks her about the incident with Kirk involving Code 2 and the Romulans. And she confirms that Kirk ordered her to use Code 2, but he did then change it to Code 3. And Spock's like, well, is that after you reminded him that the Romulans had broken Code 2? And she reluctantly says that, yes, she did have to remind him about that. So uh, Spock then moves to McCoy, who is sleeping, which is also fantastic. And uh, he wakes him up and asks McCoy about Kirk's physical exam and... He asks the computer to describe Kirk's physical age using the established norms as a comparative base. And the computer says that Kirk's physical age, based on the psychological profile, is between 60 and 72 and aging rapidly. And Kirk kind of starts to lose it here. He's like, well, I'm 34 years old. Like, how can this be a thing? Also, how the fuck am I older than Captain Kirk? And I look like this and he looks like that. I, I thought the same thing when they got to that point. I'm like, man, I'm 37. And I'm like, aw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kirk makes us all feel bad about ourselves. <laughs> uh, so Spock asks uh, for McCoy's professional evaluation on Kirk's present physical condition. And McCoy says that Kirk is suffering from a physical degeneration which strong re- strongly resembles aging. And Spock wants to know if Kirk's mental capacity is degenerating even more ra- rapidly. And McCoy believes that, yes, it is. So Spock asks him, uh, if he agrees with the computer's analysis. And this is McCoy gets really upset, and he's like, look, you can't argue with machines. And uh, Spock's like, look, just you know, answer the question. And McCoy says yes, that he does agree with the machine, and then he turns and apologizes to Kirk, which is uh, pretty nice. Like, it's a little good bit of writing. Like, everybody in that room was upset that they had to do this to him, but they knew, like, that they had to do it. Right. So uh, Spock then has no further questions, and he allows uh, Stalker to take his turn, but Stalker's like, nah, you sufficiently wrecked him. I don't think I need to do it anymore. (laughs) Uh, Great acting, by the way, this whole scene. Very good acting. Yeah, everybody. Like, everybody was just just giving, like, you know, uneasy looks, and they're just kind of giving these looks, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I gotta do it. It sucks, but I gotta do it. Um, So Spock allows Kirk to call some witnesses, and Kirk says that, I don't need, you know, anybody to do this. I'm just gonna go ahead and defend myself. And uh, Kirk argues that the only reason that they're having this hearing is his refusal to leave Gamma Hydra 2, 
And Spock corrects him. He's like, it's actually a Gamma Hydra 4, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) Argument lost already. uh, When you say the wrong thing at the beginning of the argument, you're like, what what, what now? (laughs) Like, oh, dang. Like, you know what? My bad. You took your tone and just walk off. (laughs) Yeah. You're right, man. My fault. I'm having some issues here. But Kirk's just like, well, that was just a slip of the tongue. And Spock argues that all the testimonies are irrefutable proof of a failing physical and mental condition. So Kirk tries to argue that he's just confused because of the troubles he and his crew are having. And uh, he says that, you know, he's trying to, he says that trying to relieve a captain of his command is, and then he just kind of pauses and uh, he gets like kind of upset and kind of sad. And he's like, well, I really wouldn't believe it out of you, Spock. But like, you know, Spock's doing this to him. And uh, he's like, all right, well, go ahead and ask me some questions and I'll show you that I'm fine. And he's like, and I can tell you right now, we're... We're in orbit around Gamma Hydra 2. And everybody's just like, fuck. And they just kind of like look at the floor. Like, well, he's, yeah, he's screwed. And then uh, he's he's like, you know what? This doesn't really, doesn't really matter because there's more to running a starship than answering questions. But go ahead and ask me more questions. <laughs> and uh, Spock is like, no, like, we're we're not going to do that. But Kirk just continues to try to get them to ans- ask him digging more questions. Ditch. Just keep on digging. Yeah. Keep on digging. <laughs> So, uh, so he asked Kirk, Spock asks Kirk to leave the room so they can go to a vote, and uh, Kirk's like, "All right, I'll leave." And he goes to his quarters. And I was actually really hoping Kirk didn't go to his quarters and for, forgot where he was supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot where his quarters even was. <laughs> He's wandering the halls like, "Where am I? <laughs> where am I?" Yeah, oh, I'm in my quarters. He's in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> they drank the prune juice. It's an elevator. <laughs> He's like, look, can we hurry it up? I got to go return a watermelon to the store later. <laughs> so uh, a little later, we're still in the hearing, and Stalker has decided to take command of the Enterprise, despite having no experience at all. And uh, he orders Sulu to set a direct course for Starbase 10 at Warp 5. <laughs> now, now, Brandon, really quick. Now, you've played a VR game of being a captain for the, yes. for the Enterprise. It's not easy, right? No, it's not easy at all. No. So you wouldn't want someone unexperienced to take the captain role if you're on a ship uh if i was actually on the ship no yeah, on that ship it, yes it's fine <laughs> oh, oh, Plot okay. armor. I, get, I get what you're saying now. yeah on that ship we can die and just come back and we <laughs> did a lot but no yeah I, having somebody inexperienced in that chair is rough when it's not even real it's just a vr game yeah sulu questions uh he's like look if we proceed at this course we're gonna cross the romulan neutral zone and stalker's like so go like cross it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> he, you know he should have known better being a bureaucrat that you know you, you, you follow the rules to the T. Yeah, he's but like, he, no, he, gonna it's bring- a shortcut though. He wanted to go to the shortcut. He's like, I didn't get through here quick. I didn't he's get, like, yeah, get there and go. If we start an intergalactic war again, you know, oh well, I had to get the, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had to get out of here. He just has to tell them he has to contact the Romulans. They're like, look, I'm trying to get to Starbase Ten, and they're like. Starbase 10. We'll go ahead. We'll clear a path. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah. You're good. We're headed that way, too. Let's yeah. go. Like, Starbase 10 is a spot. Starbase uh, 10, you go there, there's, there's like lights everywhere, flashes. Starbase 10. You get up, there's like hula girls that like sitting there, put a lay over your head, like, like Hawaii. <laughs> Welcome to Starbase 10. Welcome to Starbase 10. We're what, here for your was, pleasure. What was the planet that we used to talk about the. Uh, they wanted Russian to go planet? to get like prostitutes. Oh, like, yeah, early on. Planet. the green, the green pleasant planet, the green girls. I don't remember that, the name it, of it. Something is that Starbase Ten? Is that why? Yeah, I remember that. The, that was the green, the green, the green people, the green yeah. girls, oh, slave girls, or whatever. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, uh, 
That's that's yeah, Survey Stand actually orbits Pleasure Planet. That's why he wants to go there. <laughs> you know, you, I can't blame him if that's the reason he's like, Okay, so Oh man. Yeah, so uh, in Kirk's quarters, uh Spock and Wallace enter and Kirk deduces that he's been relieved. He's like, Yep, you guys got me, didn't you? And uh, he and Spock go back and forth for a second about how, you know, Spock really didn't have a choice because of the res- uh, Starfleet regulations. And uh, Spock kind of, or Kirk kind of loses it here. He's like, well, you know, you wanted command all along. And Spock says that he has not assumed command and that Stalker is in charge. And then Kirk gets really mad and he orders Spock to take command. But Spock's like, you can't order me to do anything. You're not the captain. Yeah, it, Kirk, you can really turn tell Kirk's showing his age because he went from being mad that he took command to now you're going to take command. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Kirk, uh, he calls Spock a traitor. He calls him traitorous and disloyal and he says that Spock stabbed him in the back the first chance that he got. And uh, despite Spock not having any emotions, you can tell this kind of upset him a little bit or not showing yeah. his emotions. He, he definitely showed his emotions here, which maybe it happens when you get older. But uh, he's, he tells Spock to get out and uh, he said he never wants to have to look at him again. And I'm like, dude, that's fucking sad as hell. Like, these guys have been, you know, homies the whole damn series. Like, I know, that's right? really sad to see. <laughs> um, so Spock leaves, and then Kirk turns around, and he sees that Wallace is there. He didn't know that she was there. And uh, he kind of laments just being confused and rattled during the hearing, and he still thinks that he could be in command, and he says it's just a radiation poisoning messing with him. And uh he kind of looks at her and he's like, am I, am I getting old? And she doesn't have an answer for that. So we just kind of cut away. She, she was very nice. She's like, nah, you still look good. Yeah. I, I always think it's funny for shows like that. Like I get that they cut away. Like she didn't say anything and they cut away for a dramatic effect. But in reality, we cut away and other things are happening. And she just still standing there looking at him, not answering <laughs> I guess. For, for like, for like <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> like how long does that last? And how do they resolve that? <laughs> Like, does he just forget that he asked if she waits long enough? <laughs> I, I, I guarantee you he forgot, like, uh, what are we doing here again? What, what yeah. are we doing here? Like, yeah. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah, who are you? Did like, you have the oh. dead husband? <laughs> how's, your, how's your husband doing? He's like, what time is it? Is it time for dinner? <laughs> so, a little later, uh, an even more aged Kirk enters the sick bay, and he sees uh, Spock is sitting there. <laughs> it's so fucked up, because he's like... What are you doing here? Maybe you'd like to relieve McCoy too? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, old Kirk, man. Uh, So a a very old McCurk reports, or McCoy, McCurk, yes. A very old McCoy reports that uh, they've learned nothing from Chekhov. Not a damn thing. And uh, Kirk goes over the events of the landing and he's like, well, we were all together the entire time. And Spock uh, points out that that's not correct. And he still calls Kirk captain, which is uh, very telling of like how loyal he is. But uh, he points out that Chekhov left them for a few minutes. And then they remember that, yeah, Chekhov did leave. And then he got scared of a dead body. So McCoy kind of starts to put it together that being scared makes your heart beat a little faster. And then it gets your adrenaline pumping. And he remembers reading something about using uh, adrenaline or about, yeah, using adrenaline to treat radiation sickness. Is is that actually uh, true? No. You know, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I feel like it's something that they would have tried in like the sixties or like fifties or, you know, 40s. as far as I know, adrenaline just makes you super strong and makes you, um, it makes you really, really have a, like a lot of stamina or whatever, but I don't know about adrenaline making, being able to cure, like get you radiation poisoning. I, I thought I, I could be wrong, uh, but I thought these like iodine or something to choose, uh, to treat like, uh, radiation poisoning. 
they use something. I'm not sure what it is. Um, apparently, um, adrenaline uses in conjunction with something I can't pronounce for something else I can't pronounce of radiation sickness. So apparently there was at some point. Oh, I don't think that's possible. There's Yeah, I'm going to run into a lot of shit that I can't uh so basically, they didn't pull the, pronounce. so basically, they didn't pull this out of their ass. Oh, okay. I thought they did. I thought they did. I'm like, what's the drill have to do with radiation? I don't know. I well, didn't the guy, but it just makes sense. It just me. seems like in the, you know, in the 60s, that that would have been something that they at least experimented with. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, Wallace says that, uh, uh, did I even type that correctly? Is that hydronolin? Or hyronolin. I can't tell if that's if it's actually hyronolin or if it's hydronolin and I just missed the uh, the letter in there. No, it's hyronolin because that's how I always spelled it. Anyway, uh, Wallace says that hyronolin is a specific or is the specific spe- accepted for all radiation sickness. And McCoy says that before that they used to use adrenaline and that there was a highly promising research, but they abandoned it when hyronolin was discovered. Spock thinks that maybe they could develop a sufficient compound, and then uh, he and Wallace decide to go get to work. So. Uh, we go to the bridge, and Sulu announces to Stalker that they've entered the Romulan neutral zone, and Stalker orders Uhura to alert him if there are any Romulan contacts, and then suddenly there's an explosion, and the ship rocks, and <laughs> in, like, the most smart-ass fucking thing she's ever said in the show, Uhura's like, I think we've made contact. <laughs> Good for her. That's, that's like hilarious. Like, and, and Commodore is just like... <laughs> I don't know. His just attitude in in this captain chair. This this ain't for him. Yeah. Like, oh, he, he he was like a deer in the headlights. Yeah, as soon like, as that this happened. ain't for him. She would not have pulled that with Kirk. Yeah, I guarantee that. Um, but Sulu reports that the that there are Romulans on both sides of them, and I'm like, God damn, dude, they're fast. Are they just like patrolling the whole border? Like as soon as you cross, how would they not have seen them before they crossed the neutral zone? I don't they, know. They they would have to have some kind of like. Like security measure monitoring that, like some like version of like satellites on their planets. Like, oh hey, there's a someone in the uh, neutral zone that just you yeah, know like coming our way. Yeah, Not sure. They were they're just super quick. But uh, Uhura says that engineering wants instructions, and uh, Chekhov asks Stalker what his orders are. And then uh, the Romulan ship fires at them again. But Stalker, yeah, he's kind of frozen. He doesn't know what to do. So we go to commercial break. Uh, we come back. The Enterprise is hit multiple times, and uh, Kirk tries to go to the bridge, but McCoy and Nurse Chapel and Dr. Wallace hold him back. And uh, we go back to the bridge, and Stalker wants Ahura to try to contact the Romulans, and he wants to explain uh, to them why they're in the neutral no, zone. Like, Tell them we're going to the survey stand. He's so soft, bro. <laughs> no, bro. Ask no, him, please. I, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me, well, let me explain. Let me explain what happened. What happened was, man, you're getting beat up. I'm sorry. Like, what happened was, my fault. Like, it's just. Yeah. He just, I was just trying to get through I, here. I, that's I was all. trying to get through here, man. I'm sorry. I just was the neutral zone. Quick. My bad. My bad. Yeah. yeah like, I, I knew it was, but I, I think it's just really funny. Like, this makes me makes me laugh thinking about how how quick he just started explaining everything. Got all scared, started explaining what he was doing. I just he got yeah. real soft real quick. <laughs> maybe think, maybe they'll be like, oh okay. He's like, oh, look, yeah, space yeah, is yeah. really. Bu-. He's like, look, space is really big. It looks all alike. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really should put up like a fence and a gate or something. I, I thought this was start tweeting. Nine, 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 nine. Yeah. Can we get some signs out here? <laughs> <laughs> it looks exactly the see, same. I, 
there was no sign saying don't trust past, you know, flipping <laughs> around in space. Yeah, they need to put up some signs. <laughs> um, Uhura says that the Romulans are notorious for not listening to explanations, and Sulu's like, yeah, no, she's right. They don't do that. Uh, and then the ship gets hit again. So um, we go back to Kirk, and he's aged again. He just, although he looks kind of younger this time than he looked last yeah, time. I thought that too. This th- that's this the one makeup I thought looked kind of strange. Was this one? Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of out of order. Like I feel like the the way he looked before should be the way he looks in this scene. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe he did look a little rough, and then he you know got out of the rough years and turned it all around, and now he's looking great. <laughs> But uh, he's still trying to go to the med- or he's trying to go to the bridge as the medical crew are trying to um, give him a shot, and uh, and, and super old McCoy, it, like his makeup looks amazing and his acting in this part, it, like you can't even tell that it's DeForest Kelly. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but he uh, tries to convince Kirk to stay put, and then uh, even a noticeably older Spock shows up and he's got a serum and he says that it's uh, crude and dangerous, but they didn't have time for refinements on it, and he it, warns it- them. That it could cure them or it could kill them. And props to Spock for carrying a beaker with no lid on it when they're being attacked <laughs> yeah, and not spilling it. He'd <laughs> yeah. be a good waiter, huh? <laughs> yeah, it just comes in with like a bunch of them on a tray. So McCoy doesn't want the, uh, he says, I don't want the Vulcan details. And he just wants a shot. But Kirk decides that he wants to take the first one and because the ship's not going to last long and he needs to get to the bridge. And Wallace warns that it could kill him. Uh, but he's like, look. I'm going to die either way. And it's like, that's fair. Like there are multiple ways to die. Like you die of old age, you get blown up here. Like the shot kills you (laughs) pretty much anything you do. Like you, you got a high chance of dying in this one. (laughs) So, uh, Wallace goes ahead and she gives him the shot and Kirk starts like writhing in pain as the ship is taking more hits. And then uh, she announces that uh, the aging process has stopped and his bodily functions are getting stronger. I knew we were not going to get a shot of him de-aging, but I kind of wish we did. Yeah, that would there, be, there's that no would way be they cool. would have done it for that time. No, yeah, they, no, I think they would have did it with that that dumb little thing where they go, the like, transition, just, yeah, 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 the little transition to have that one that you just kind of it's really yep. quick and noticeable. I thought they would at least do that one, but they didn't. Yeah, kind of a fade. Yeah, the thing. fade. Yeah, thing. Yeah. It looks terrible, but it's cool at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we go to the bridge, and Uhura can't raise the Romulans, and uh, Sulu says that their shields are going to give out. Stalker decides he wants to surrender, but Chekhov informed him that the Romulans don't take captains. <laughs> He's soft, uh, man. He is, yeah. Well, just, let, just, let's just take him Starbase 10, or rather, drop him off. Starbase 10, drop him off, keep moving on. <laughs> he does not deserve Starbase 10 at this point. Oh, yeah, for real. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Yeah, you gotta so, go to Starbase uh, Eight, where there's no yeah. pleasure planet. <laughs> <laughs> Work your way up to ten. <laughs> so the ship uh, just keeps getting hit, and Sulu announces that they're going to be losing power soon. And Stalker is just super helpless, but uh, a fully restored Kirk just hurries onto the bridge, basically runs there, and uh, asks Sulu for a report. And Sulu reports that they're surrounded by a, a maximum of ten Romulan vessels, uh, all at you know specific ranges. I forget what the range was. Uh, so Kirk calls engineering and calls for full emergency power, and he wants it in two minutes, and he wants the warp drive engines on standby. So uh, Kirk orders Uhuru to open a channel to Starfleet Command on Code 2, and she starts to argue. She's like, listen, Code 2, and he's like, look, that's an order. Just do it. So uh, you would think she would recognize that since he was back to his old self that, you know, something was up. But, I mean, I get it. There's a lot going on. Um, so he, dic- no, he delivers the message instead of dictating it this time, and... Uh, he says that they have inadvertently encroached upon the Romulan neutral zone. 
and uh, they are surrounded and under heavy attack, and escape is impossible, and their shields are failing. So they're going to implement destruct order uh, using the Corbomite device, and I'm like, son of a bitch, dude, what a fucking callback. Like, yes. he's doing the Corbomite maneuver again. Which, I, I, I really like this part, because they rarely ever call back the past episodes. Yeah. Yeah, but so this is nice, du- nice a double callback, though, guys. It's a callback to setting up Code 2 at the beginning of the episode. Right. Like, like twice they did it earlier, and they made Code 2 the, the final thing. And the uh, the reason why he lost his job because he was old and said the wrong code, and then they brought it back again this time at the third part of the episode when they uh to make the, yeah. the reason the reason reason and call back the call back and they were at the same time. Yeah. Like this, so like this episode like left you with the code two thing at the beginning, called back to it a couple times to let you know it's going to be a big like a whole time because he didn't forget about it. That the end, boom, hit you with a, hit it hit you again and gave you the call back to carbonite maneuver at the same time. So if you're a fan, yeah. if you're a fan of what's going on, you're like, wow, this is a really cool callback uh, situation. Yeah, I'm 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 so glad that they did this. Like I was curious and worried about how they were going to resolve this, and I'm so fucking glad that it's the carbonite thing. Like that's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he says that uh, the Corbomite device is going to destroy the Enterprise and all matter within a 200,000-kilometer diameter, so all Federation ships should avoid the sector for the next four solar years. And uh, he says the explosion is going to take place in one minute. Uh, he orders Sulu to set a new course at Warp 8, and Spock announces that the Romulans are giving ground, so they're all kind of turning turn and run away. And uh, he says that uh, they must have tapped into the communication, and that's what Kirk had expected them to do. So they warp out of the area, and they manage to outrun the Romulans, and they get out of the neutral zone, and then they set a, a course for Starbase 10. Starbase 10. <laughs> Stalker says, he's like, look, I just did what I thought was best to save the crew. And, yeah, I believe that he did, yeah. And uh, Kirk just smugly says that Stalker should know that there's very little that a Starbase can do that a Starship can't. And Stalker's like, well, now I'm quite aware of what a Starship can do with the right man at the helm. Um. So McCoy enters, and uh, he's looking like his old self. Not his old self, his young old self. And uh, <laughs> he says that Scotty is also recovering well. And uh, McCoy says that they can take Spock whenever he's ready to uh, give him a shot. And Spock says that he is quite ready now. And McCoy says he's prepared an extremely potent shot uh, shot for Spock. And because of his Vulcan physique, he has removed all breakables from the sick bay. I don't know. Does he just like fuck stuff up when he gets a shot? Like <laughs> no, remember you, you saw his reaction when Kirk got a shot. He kind of like railed around and flowed around or whatever while he was. Yeah, while that's was what I was wondering it. too. And and it kinda, I assume they had him, a Kirk tied down too, so maybe they're worried that if Spock does it, he might get loose and break something. I'm yeah, assuming because he's super strong and just yeah. like mess everything up. Yeah, that's 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 what I was wondering about too. That's a more reasonable, but uh, I was I kind of liked more of the idea, you know, Spock and his Sean just getting really upset and start breaking shit. He like hulks <laughs> out, yeah, <laughs> picks up the table and just throws it. <gasps> yeah, so uh, McCoy and Spock leave as Wallace enters the bridge, and uh, Kirk orders Sulu to keep their uh, course steady. And Sulu repeats the order, and uh, Kirk jokingly says that uh, he thought that he said that, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I, th- I thought I told you to do that." And then he gets uh, really oddly close to Wallace for no reason, and they don't say anything, and they don't do anything. They just are close to each other, and they continue on their journey to the next episode. And then we don't get, we didn't get any closure with her. She's not, I bet she's not going to be there the next episode. Well, well she's going to hook up with Kirk, and you know she's going to start counting those days over again. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a maybe it'll be a callback in the future to her. Maybe she's like, hey, can you uh? 
go back to that planet for a second and come back because I liked you a little older. Old, I like my guy's a little older. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to cure you now, so what's twenty six years apart? The same. Yeah. So, uh, Paul, you want to start us off with this one? Yeah. Um. Honestly, I didn't like the episode that much at first, and then as I'm sitting here listening to you describe it and like watch it as a, uh, I really changed my mind. Cause like I guess I it was it was more of an episode that I I saw I saw the agent story all the time so I was like half in half out watching it I wish I had paid more attention and better because like watching it just now as I'm talking about it with you guys I thought it was amazing actually really good which is kind of funny the acting was like I don't know like a thirty five out of ten like the acting yeah. was really good the acting was incredible honestly like everybody act everybody acting. The story is a, a 10 for me, but it was actually a 1 until I realized that how old this show is. So seeing the aging story over and over again, it's kind of, it is what it is. But they did it their own way. They did it their own way and made, made it part of the story, a uh, better part of the story. And then, uh, you know, Superman Kurt, you know, he does his thing. He figured out the problem. The first thing he said was, hey, the comment. The first thing Kirk said in this episode, by the way, was, oh, let's check out that comment. Everybody's like, oh, that's not the comment. And, and it's not, it is the comment. So the first thing Kurt said was thought it was was that's the issue. So, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed the episode a lot. I, I'm gonna give it about a about a nine, a nine or a ten somewhere in that area, nine point five. I mean, it wasn't. It was pretty good episode. I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I feel like I say this a lot for season two, but season two has just been so fucking good. Like it's been so good. But this is now my new favorite episode of the series. <laughs> um. I just yeah, everything about it, dude. The makeup was fantastic. The acting was fantastic. Yes, we did get a time limit again, which would be you know the amount of time they have before they age and like to death. Uh, but it is presented in a new way, which is nice. Um, there wasn't really, aside from the Romulans, which they were kind of a, they were a subplot. There wasn't really a bad guy of this this story. Like Stalker was not a bad guy. He was something that yeah you know, he was doing something that people didn't like. But it was justified. Like he was, it, it was right. Like he was right, even though you know it sucks. Um, yeah, like we said, makeup, acting, everything, amazing. Absolutely love the the episode. I have zero complaints with this. It's, yeah, just just awesome shit. Uh, Dan. Oh, also wait before that, the callback to the Corbomite maneuver. I know we said that, but Jesus Christ, what a callback! Like that's that's ridiculous. Uh, okay, now Dan. Yeah, uh, I have to agree with uh, your guys' points on this episode. Uh, I actually enjoy it a little bit more now realizing that uh, Scotty went down to the planet because most of the time when I was <laughs> yeah. watching, I'm like, why the hell is no one else aging but Scotty? Like, what what is this bullshit? But <laughs> uh, besides me not seeing Scotty go down to the planet was, you know, Kirk and all of them, uh, I, I agree with you on the acting, the, the makeup effects, uh even Stalker's motives, once you know, you realize like, hey, he wasn't just trying to be a dick. You you kind of understood where he was coming from. So yeah, overall, it was a it was a fantastic episode. Yeah, um, I think because uh, I, I have not done uh, the cover art for this one, I think our Twitter one for this one, I'm, I'm gonna try to find a shot of all of them being old and uh, agreeing that it's been too long since we put out an episode of this podcast. <laughs> Just the, the entire crew just being old as shit because they waited so long for us to put out an episode. Now, <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> that, that could change, but... Um, so, yeah, next episode is Season 2, Episode 13, called Obsession. 
And uh, Paul, uh, you got says, that one Kurt first? is determined to hunt down a vampiric, vampiric entity he's failed to destroy in his past. So a uh, oh. vampire, huh? That should be he's cool. A Kirk vampire hunter. Oh, I mean, I I guess there could be vampires in other planets. I guess. Wait, huh? wait a minute. Kirk failed something in his past. Yes, apparently. There's no way. How, how much you want to bet the vampire is a hot chick? Do it. Oh, swear. it has to be. <laughs> Dude, don't, don't, don't do that, Dan. Don't even do it. it. Is. You That's put why it on you couldn't pull the trigger. You're oh, right. Man, it's and and you're going to be a blonde vampire. It's going to be a blonde vampire. Oh, man. It sounds like something. Yeah. Uh, you probably just nailed it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can just, I can see it now. It's hilarious and sad all at the same time. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, with that, as always, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your patience. Uh, we never know what's going to happen. I think we're clear for next week unless anybody has any plans for anything. Uh, hopefully we can get a couple of them out in a row here before uh, we have to take another break. So, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, I will catch you guys on the next one. All right, guys. Later. Hey, uh, before I go, I appreciate all you guys listening and being part of the crew. Don't forget about hitting our Twitter up. Uh, don't forget about it. We appreciate it. Uh, don't forget about uh, hit us up with a rating. We like the ratings. and all makes it uh, go better, get up better in the list, more subscribers. And uh, thank you for uh, listening to us even after we've been gone so long because uh, it's up and down here and there, but we appreciate you guys. Thank you for being part of the crew. Later. <laughs>